out of town. Welcome to the At The Hive podcast, part of the SB Nation network of podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jonathan. I'm joined by Zach. And Zach, what is wrong with the Hornets? Hey, man, we just won three games in a row. Can we not get a little clap in for the uh, for the reigning three-game champions, the Charlotte Hornets? It's been a crazy week, Jonathan. Yeah, so to start the show off, I'll apologize that this is out a day later than normal. I was out of town all weekend, so we couldn't record on Sunday, which might work to our benefit because now we get to record in the aftermath of what I think is probably the craziest shot in Charlotte basketball history. Am I exaggerating? Yeah, I think you're only exaggerating a little bit. It reminded me of Lance Stevenson. Do you remember his off the backboard yeah. uh, buzzer beater winning. I think it was the it was against it the was Hawks. A season opening game against it, the Hawks. It was, it was, I don't know if it was a season opener, but it was very close to the beginning of the year. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And you listened to the game on your way to North Carolina on the radio. Is that correct? Yeah. How was that? How was that so, experience? How did you look? <laughs> so, um, so I'm in the car and I've got the Hornets app on and I'm listening to Chris Kroger and it's just like, and the Raptors score and the Raptors score and the Raptors score. And I'm like, ah, this is what I expected. Um, <laughs> we're on the road against one of the, <laughs> we're on the road against one of the better Easter, like one of the better teams in the NBA, really. Um, All of our veterans I fully expected, playing. <laughs> yeah, I fully up. expected us to, to just do what we do and just get run off the court in the fourth quarter and lose. So I'm like, this is, this is fine. This is normal. Um, and then, like, the pass came in and it got deflected. So I think, like most people, I was like, oh, well, that's that's that. Yeah. And then my my girlfriend was in the passenger seat and she started to say something, like, right after, because she wasn't paying attention. And then Chris Kroger just starts yelling and screaming. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, uh, I was like, hold on, do you hear this? And he's like, what's going on? It's like, the Hornets just made a one on a half court buzzer reader, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like when I, I was coming back from, uh, I got a text uh, about a pickup game and I was coming uh-huh. back from pickup game. And I kind of caught it at, in the middle of the game, but we were being competitive, you know, uh, yeah. coming in a halftime. I think they had the lead, but it wasn't by much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're by one. At, the Hornets are by one at halftime. Yeah. And you, and that last play, you can see Kemba, he just deflates when um, the mm-hmm. ball gets de- deflected and kind of like looks off, but then looks over his shoulder. Like <laughs> the ball seems to be in the air for 45 minutes. Um, yeah. And then finally hits that backboard and goes in. It was crazy. And I saw your article on at thehive.com about the reactions to the uh-huh. You did so many times last night and this morning, not just like the shot itself, but looking at different parts of the crowd and different people on the sidelines and all that stuff, because their reactions are so funny. Like the one guy I pointed out, because I noticed when Jeremy Lamb picked up the ball, he already had put his hands in the air, like, yeah, we win. And then he immediately like jumped to the side and put his hands on his head when the ball went in, just like (laughs) about everybody in the crowd. You know how, like when a player makes a game winning shot or just any big shot and the whole crowd in, in unison will throw their hands up in the air and it yeah. makes a pretty cool like wave effect. 
the Raptors crowd did like half of that. Like they put their <laughs> hands to their head or to their face, but everybody reacted very suddenly, but they didn't celebrate. And it was yeah, so an, funny. An implosion instead of an explosion. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> everybody just looking around like what just happened? Um, yeah. Right, and so it was- I have a crazy stat for you. All right. So okay. we won Sunday's game. Um, against the Raptors, and that was a back-to-back, and we won the game against Boston. Mm-hmm. So we have, in this season, we have played 11 back-to-backs, so 22 games. Mm-hmm. Of that record, we're 14 of 22. That's we have good. a crazy winning record on back-to-back games. Um, so I think what that means is we should never take a break from basketball. <laughs> the the day's off. <laughs> The days yeah. off, we run full court, forty-eight minute scrimmages. Like, just every day is a back-to-back. Yeah, but it was a winning um, week for us, Jonathan. Um, yeah, I know the the we had some some players who were injured, some weird uh, DNP coaches decisions. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed at the beginning of the week like Borrego was maybe saying, "Hey, you know, we're three and a half games back to start the week, maybe." We should just see what kind of run we can get from these youngsters, which mm. I know is something that our commenters have been really wanting the team to go. Um, shout yeah. out to champions. <laughs> oh, man. That guy. That guy. <laughs> but um, Yeah, and I guess kind of re- working like reverse chronologically, the first game that the Celtics game was like, and since we're just citing my own articles on the Hive, like I said the Celtics out Hornet, the Hornets. Um, in the fourth quarter of that game, I think they scored twice in the fourth quarter. Is that correct? The it Celtics, tw- yeah, the Celtics. Uh, it was not good. They, no. they may be. <laughs> they scored like twelve points or fifteen points or something. Um, so yeah, they I'm might sorry, have only made twi- like they scored twice in the final twenty offensive possessions. They were just yeah, that's that's not score. good. It's not good. Um, I need to I'm pulling it up, but they're um. The reason I didn't take that and like translate that optimism to the um to the Raptors game was because the Celtics have been doing out hornetsing the Hornets in fourth quarters for the last several weeks now. Yeah, they can't put it. Together. And I gotta find the stat. No, <laughs> and the Celtics are um a mess. Yeah, they are a mess. And Kyrie Irving said something I thought was interesting at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. They asked him about Kemba Walker. And mm-hmm. Kyrie, Kyrie was like, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but he Kemba kills us all the time. And other teams trap him really <laughs> early. And we, for some reason, of course, he said, like, for some reason, tried didn't try to do that. Um, he, the stark difference between Kyrie Irving's style of leadership and Kemba Walker's is night and day. <laughs> Uh, calling Kyrie's version of leadership leadership doesn't seem like a very <laughs> good enough. word choice. Fair enough. He, cause like I, I heard, I didn't, and I heard this secondhand, so I haven't seen the actual source, but I guess he said something along the lines of, um, finally getting to play for a real coach when he went to the Celtics originally. Yeah. And now he's, uh, bad look. frequent now he's, yeah. Now he's been criticizing the calls or lack thereof from his real coach i when when you get to the point where your multiple coaches in a row or multiple organizations in a row aren't good enough for you 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 kind of start to build a reputation up as being one that uh nothing is good ever good enough i found the stats 
since March 6th, so it's it's like uh, eight games before the Spurs game, which they also just fell apart. Uh, Celtics have a 129 defensive rating in the fourth quarter. Outscored seven of eight fourth quarters and allowed 30 more or more points in six of the last eight fourth quarters. So yeah, I was I saw that and I was like, oh, so we just found the one team in the league that's worse in the fourth quarter than us. That's that's those stats say it all. Do you think? Yeah. Right, so do you think it's because he had LeBron James to fall back on all his career? He complains about who is in his locker room all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. they are stacked with talent. Um, if Kemba yeah. Walker could sniff any type of, you know, uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward word or, um, or even a Morris would like be yeah. a starter on the Hornets, you know? Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I just, I think the Celtics have gone for a certain type of personality you know, looking for like that, that dog, that gritty type of player. And I think they might've gone a little overboard and it's starting to backfire. Cause even in like, like I saw some stuff today where we're like, we're just figuring some stuff out and then, you know, we'll, we'll put it all together and we'll be great. And it's like, it's been 75 games. Like it's time to put it together. <laughs> like you shouldn't still be like, Oh, we're what, just wait until we figure this out. Like, the season's over. Like you just, this is not the time to be figuring things out still. And I think they have a little bit of cockiness. And I think there's, there might be too many cooks in the kitchen where everybody's just, there's just not a way for them to fit cohesively where everybody's happy with, with their role. Yeah. No one has gotten more credit for playing with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And no mm. one has gotten more talked about than the Boston, than the Boston Celtics than anyone else in the NBA. So uh, let's, let's swing it on back to the, <laughs> to the Hornets. Let me ask you, you a question before this week started, we recorded live during the heat game. Um, yes. And then we lost that close one to the 76ers. I mm-hmm. got a lot of texts from my friends like, Hey, how can Kemba even come back to this team? What are they even supposed to do? When you started this week, how were you feeling about the Hornets, and has that feeling changed with these past three wins? Um, I, I probably – I was kind of on that whelp. Let's see how far down we can go. Um, bandwagon okay. that I think a lot of people had been on for a while, but I tend to avoid that. Um. But lately, after that Heat game, I was like, there's just no way this team's going to put anything together for the stretch run. And then they went ahead and beat – I mean, they played the 76ers close, which is cool because we always do that. But then they win one three games in a row against the Wolves, Celtics, and Raptors, and, and then the Raptors game obviously being in Toronto. So now I'm back on the playoff hope train. What about you? So I agree. I think that after these three wins – we can't drop far enough to make that pick mm. really interesting. Um, yeah. I read on the comments for the thread that you put up for the Raptors game that some people want mm. us to trade back in the draft and maybe <laughs> go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And get some type of option. I don't know if the 12th or 13th pick is really going to entice anybody to give you anybody worth playing with next year. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that, we're, th- we're we have this winning streak. We have the Spurs coming up in, in home, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And we have tough games ahead of us. But as long as the Magic start losing, 
please start losing. And the <laughs> Heat, I think Dwayne Wade really wants to be in the playoffs for his last season. He's been playing like a man possessed. Um, I don't know if you've caught yeah. any of the Heat's Heat highlights, but they're almost all Dwayne Wade hitting three-pointers. <laughs> like, he's never hit three-pointers, and he's hitting three-pointers everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's, he's becoming to where, like, he just he used to do for entire games and kind of bottles it up and just unleashes it in like 10 minute spurts at the end of games. Yeah. To, to, to win. And yeah, so now they're, they're cooking right now. Um, they're what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and three in March. So they, they need to start losing some games if the Hornets want a shot. But to your point where the Hornets, would get the 12th pick of the season is to ended today. Realistically, the farthest down they could go was probably 10th. So that's not really doesn't really serve any purpose. Might as well yeah. try to win. And I still stand on the ground that if there is a chance to keep Kemba Walker, the chance is making the playoffs. Yeah, or at least playing better than what we've seen we saw for a little bit in a while before this these past three games. Like, yeah, and I think now he's seeing these younger players mm-hmm. um, do the things that they've been doing. And although I think their performances have been a little overrated, they've been playing really well, specifically Miles Bridges. Yeah, I did want to talk about Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges has made me so happy these last few games. Because so that was that was my guy. Miles Bridges in context with the Minnesota game to full circle the whole week. Yeah. Um, so with the Minnesota game, his first career double double, and the thing about it also is, you know, the points and rebounds are getting a lot of the shine. He had in the Minnesota game specifically, he had four assists and two steals, which was the theme for the week. And that he was my guy in the draft, like during the whole draft process that I wanted us to take. And really, that kind of performance, yeah. And that's a, that's what I saw in him. Is you know, I never thought he'd be you know, like a consistent 20-pointer game score or anything, but he can do everything to a decent level. And that's what he's shown these last couple games with, the with you know, making smart passes, being an opportunistic scorer, using that and, you know, being in the right place on defense with his effort. And that's what's got me excited because that's exactly like what he's shown isn't anything that I didn't expect from him, you know? Right. See, when we took SGA... Um, and then we eventually <laughs> traded him to the Clippers. I was excited because I thought, hey, another playmaker. Um, I know that he kind of plays the position that Kemba plays, but in the modern NBA, you can have two point guard-ish type people as long as they're playmakers on the court at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we traded and we got Bridges, I'm not a college basketball person and I don't know people's career. I wasn't excited about him except everybody I knew in basketball media was saying, hey, this is a lit fuse. He's going to jump out of the arena. Um, he's going to mm-hmm. excite the crowd, which he's done all season when he has the opportunity. Yeah, and my, I, th- I think it's one of those things, and I think Zion Williamson kind of suffers from it too, where – He's so good at something like dunking and his, you know, and his vertical and stuff that it kind of overshadows the actual basketball skills he has. Like you'll see it with people talking about Zion, who's incredible, and they're like, I mean, all he does is dunk, and it's like, no, that all you see are the dunks because they're so otherworldly. But there's a very strong foundation of skills underneath that. And Miles Bridges obviously isn't that caliber of prospect, but it was the same thing. Where if you you type in Miles Bridges highlights on YouTube, it's just dunk after dunk after dunk, and it's like, okay, well. But when he what else does he game? do? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh no, he he makes smart passes. He's a, I mean, he hasn't 
turn the ball over either. He makes smart passes. He tries on defense. He's got a strong foundation for an outside shot. And I'm hoping that this is not a flash in the pan, kind of like what we saw with Malik Monk last year where he kind of blew up down the stretch, and I was real bullish on him um, going into this season, which was kind of why I was iffy about the SGA pick. Um, I hope this isn't like that for Bridges where the pressure's kind of off because the season's almost over and he doesn't continue this into next season. But I don't think he's – I think he's the type of kid that's going to only get better as his confidence grows. So about Miles Bridges, he got a double-double against the the Timberwolves early in the week, and that day he turned 21. Uh, My question to you, Jonathan, is – what was the most productive thing you did on your 21st birthday? Oh, that would have been um, nothing. He went, he, I probably, he was, nothing. <laughs> I probably went bowling. I don't know. Okay, cool. He said <laughs> when interviewed after the game, uh, when they asked him what he was going to do to celebrate his birthday, he said, I'm going to go to yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he seems like a... Better decision than I had on my 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah. <I'd, laughs> he seems like a very – he just seems like such a, a good kid and like such a heart, like, you know, down to earth, which I think has almost hurt him at times this year where he's gotten too passive because, you know, he doesn't want to step on people's toes. But I think that's going to help him in the long run with, you know, keeping his head down and working and knowing where he can get better and stuff like that and being – you know, having his head in the right place. Let's transition a little bit to the other youngster who's gotten a bunch of minutes this past week, Malik Monk. You mentioned him a little bit. Um, 14 points, 13 points, and then three points against the Raptors. Um, mm-hmm. But in the Raptors game, at least he was positive in his plus minus. Um, <laughs> did you? What have you thought about his performance? Um, do you see b- both the positives and the negatives in this um, young guy? Yeah. So in this... Watching Malik Monk for me as a fan is stressful. And I'm sure it's even more so for like James Borrego. It seems like every time he has the ball, he's teetering on doing something catastrophically bad or doing something amazing, like in a good way. Yeah. And that reminds me of Lance Stevenson too, not to bring him up. (laughs) Exactly. Like there's no in between. Like either he gets hot and he just starts draining threes, like they're like their layups and he threads the needle to Billy for these nice pick and roll passes, or he just throws the ball to the other team over and over again and takes eight bad shots in 12 minutes and then rides the bench. Like there's just no middle ground whatsoever. And so I understand completely why he struggled to find playing time. And then this past week, especially the wins have been more of the good Malik. Um, But it's not enough for me to get overly excited yet. But it's nice. It's a nice reminder that he's capable of that. What are what are your thoughts? Almost my thoughts exactly. He's a home runner. He's a strikeout. Um, yeah. And when he's a home run, he's also a liability on defense. Um, and yeah. a liability is kind of a kind word for what he is on defense. <laughs> um, mm. my question for you is: is if we, if everyone's healthy, Cody gets back. Um. The Batum is unhealthy as well, but he's also he's healthy. ill. But I don't know okay. what that means. Gotcha. Let's say everybody's healthy. Do you continue to play these young players to a give them some playing time in the league and b because we've been winning with them? 
Um, or do you think this is kind of a fluke that we've been winning and you should get back to the stable play of Batum and Zeller? And I guess you can call Biombo's <laughs> stable play. Uh, it might be it might be a fluke, but I would say ride it out until it stops working. Uh, I w- the one thing I would put Cody back in the starting lineup because I don't think Cody's ever been a problem, and I don't I can't I don't think you'll find anybody that would rather have Biz playing with the starters than Cody. Like I don't think there's any no. reasonable justification for that. Um, but like with Batum, he came off the bench in the Minnesota game and the Hornets won. So I, I would stick with that down the stretch. Like if, if assuming everybody comes back healthy, like you said, Zeller, Williams, Bridges, Bacon, Walker, and then have Billy, Nick, Frank, Monk, and Lamb, the main ones off the bench, and Graham too, the main ones off the bench. Yeah, and we've been remiss to not talk about Bacon. Bacon started mm-hmm. the game against the Timberwolves um, over Nick Batum. And it, as long as everyone's keeping tally at home, Bacon makes 24 times less than <laughs> Nick Batum. <laughs> I think everybody is very aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he plays again, and I don't want to belabor the point about his energy on the court, but it is mag- it, it makes the other players, I think, play with energy as well. Um, and you've mm-hmm. seen that in his stats more pat in the past week than you have uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, he's definitely, like I said, and I've talked about it a couple times, but he definitely has renewed his approach. He's been a lot more threes and layups and less mid-range jump shots and getting to the free throw line decently well. And if he can keep this up, he can be a productive NBA player, especially if he's going to make five threes in a quarter like he did on Sunday against the yeah. Raptors. But uh, that so he, I mean, he sh- he's shooting 45% from three uh, in the month of March. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'll take that. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a small amount of games to for the percentage-wise. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, of course, I'll take it every day. Um, and I think, again, you got to give these young players play. you, you got to like, get them mm-hmm. in the run. Um, and I think that that will give Kimba a reason to stay another reason to stay is that look we have all these young players who are coming up and can help you um as we try to make something happen in the next four or five years and we haven't said Kemba's name and (laughs) it it, he does it all the time so it becomes commonplace but he's been amazing he you know Mm. uh the fourth quarter against the Celtics he looked like a pinball just bouncing around, finding the places where the defenders weren't hitting layups and floaters over seven footers. You know, I love watching him play. Um, and I hope I continue to get to. Yeah. And like, like you said earlier, I think the most likely, the biggest, you know, uh, Trump card to play to convince him to say is to say, look, we made the playoffs. I think if we can at least make a late push and get close, I think that might be a little more. It's, that's more enticing than if we just fell apart or even if we made a late push with Marvin Williams and Nick Batum leading the charge. Cause it's like, okay, cool. You know, we're making the playoffs with these older guys. Like that's not helping me looking ahead to the end of this contract. But if Miles Bridges and Dwayne Bacon, who have been the two biggest pieces and even Malik Monk, if he can get better if they're the ones leading a late push, even if it falls a little bit short, I think you can sell them on the idea of like, look, these young guys are only going to get better. They need someone to help 
lead them, and then you're the guy for the job. Yeah, this is your future, and we mm-hmm. think it's going to be a bright future. Um, speaking of the future, let's get into uh, next week's yeah. games. They're, they're very important, and they it is going to be a rough road ahead. <laughs> um, Tuesday is our only home game. It's against San Antonio. Uh, you know, the Spurs come into every game, in my opinion, minus against the Golden State Warriors with... I'm betting on the Spurs to win. Um, I love their organization. I love their coaching. Anything that I say about the Spurs has been said a million times. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I was hoping that JB would bring that. And, and I can't say that he has, but I don't blame the coaching on why we've lost, even though I understand no. the reasoning with the older players playing. Um, do you see any hope that maybe we catch San Antonio on a bad night? So, I do, based on the large sample size we have of the one game we played against them earlier this year, and we won in San Antonio. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, we heard, we heard. Yeah, we've got we're that undefeated. On. We're undefeated <laughs> against San Antonio this year, so we can point to that. Um, they are playing very well because they have Lamarcus Aldridge, who's a mid-range oriented player. They have DeMar DeRozan, who's a mid-range oriented player, who makes them worse when he plays. Um, they have Rudy Gay, who's for the most part for his career been a mid-range oriented player, though he's getting away from that a little bit. And the rest of their teams, like Derek White and Davis Bertans and Bryn Forbes, and there's no way this team should be competing for home court in the Western Conference. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> but what, what Greg Popovich does that I think is so interesting when I watch their games is mm-hmm. when the league is zigging, he zags. So mm-hmm. he allows um, LaMarcus to be a mid-range shooter in a game that, you know, you don't see a lot of mid-range shooters. DeRozan is this, although he's changed his game a little bit, he's more mm-hmm. um, driving now. But yeah, yeah. they're finding the, the places on the court where teams aren't defending because they're so worried about the three-pointer and they're so worried about uh, letting easy shots go in the paint. And they're finding those mid-range shots that other people aren't taking. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are <clears throat> far and away their leading scorers, and neither of them attempt a single three per game. Both of them are at about a half a three per game. That's just <laughs> – that's crazy. But uh, we need Tony Parker to come back. I don't know why he's out. I saw personal reasons. I don't know what those are, so I hope everything is okay with him. But uh, we just need that same win it for Tony speech that we had the last time, and maybe yeah. be, the Hornets will be okay. Yeah, though Graham has played well in his stead. Yes, he um, has. Past couple games. I mean, I failed to mention him earlier, but yeah, he's showed the potential to be a solid backup point guard for a long time. Okay, and then on Friday, our next game is at, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this team's name. It's Los <laughs> Angels. Los La- Angels. Lackers? Lackers? The um, Los Angels Lackers. I hear they have this player, James LeBron. James is his name, right? First name James? <laughs> yes, um, it is James. Something yeah. like that. You never know what you're going to get with the Lakers. It's, <laughs> it's a, like a, a melodrama um, every time they play basketball. But I'll be watching LeBron James do what he does. It's like watching someone paint. Though it's watching someone paint and then tweet about how he painted and how like <laughs> the brushes weren't exactly how he wanted. He didn't mix the colors right, you know. 
it wasn't given the best canvas to work with. Yeah, but... yeah exactly. <laughs> but I love the games the game. at ten thirty at night. Games at ten thirty at night, by the way, which is always fun. Oh yeah, you you you're staying up for that one though, right? It's a Friday, you got it. Well, it's a yeah, it's a Friday night. I'm staying up for sure. Um, yeah. I am looking forward to most because it's in Los Angeles too. I want to see more like bench antics, you know, with like LeBron James. I want to see the big story where LeBron James sits eight <laughs> seats down from his nearest teammate, <laughs> Rajon Ron on its bench because he doesn't want to sit with his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff that's what i'm here for with the lakers for sure and the best thing about playing the lakers is we'll get some national media coverage on that mm-hmm. game you know they'll, they'll say the hornets name because lebron played them you know? <laughs> and dude the, the craziest thing about this is is who could have ever seen this kind of drama coming with the lakers when the season started i mean like <laughs> who could have predicted a team with lebron james and JaVale McGee, and Lance Stevenson, and Rajon Rondo, Rondo, and Bavar Ball's son, and <laughs> Michael Beasley. Who would have ever predicted that that team would have issues with, cohes- with cohesion and chemistry and uh, yeah, it seemed any like of that stuff? like a solid stuff. unit to me, you know? It seemed like a solid yeah, unit. Yeah, and all of them playing on one-year deals, so they're, they're looking for their next contract. Like, there's no way that could have failed. But here yeah, we are. I, and there was a lot of people predicting them to be the fifth seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're not making the playoffs. And I didn't think that they were going to miss the playoffs, but I, that's a, it's a huge stacked. It's basically a different league in the Western conference. And I didn't see them winning against those players. He has young players and, and one year contracts playing with him. Um, I will say I didn't. Yeah. The eight seed seemed like I could have, I wouldn't have been surprised just because LeBron seems to always, you know, make his team better than they should be. But I did not think they'd get worse because, like, they who did they lose? Brooke Lopez. Yeah, and they've lost and, Ball most of the season, and they lost yeah, they've LeBron had injuries like quarter of the season, right? Yeah, they've had injuries and stuff, obviously, but like, you basically took a team that won thirty-five games last year. I think it was added LeBron James, and anybody you lost was not LeBron James, and you're going to win fewer than. 35 games this year and i know like no I said, lebron james missed a good bit of time yeah. but that's not good and part of it like lebron is as amazing as he is is partly to is probably a lot to blame for how bad their defense is um and which is the biggest reason that they struggle that's the other thing i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to lebron letting like Dwayne bacon drive in for an uncontested dunk <laughs> And then screaming at JaVale McGee for not guarding him better. It's a business decision, Jonathan. Can't be dunked on by Bacon. Uh, I love the – I've loved the the clips that have been coming out all year where, you know, you see LeBron, like, just watching a player run by him uncontested. And then when the player scores, he throws his hands up. Like, what are we doing, guys? Come on now. We're, we're better than He's this. He's teaching these young kids responsibility, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we before we're to have... laughing at him, but I don't know about you if you've been a fan of LeBron or, you know, he's been amazing throughout his entire career. And I really hope that he entices some players to come to L.A. because with LeBron out of the playoffs, it makes for a less interesting playoffs. Yeah, I've always respected his abilities as a player. I've never been a fan of his antics, Um, you know, with the like we've talked about with the sub tweets. And the, you know, veiled criticisms of everything around him all the time. And the big issue with me is, like I've, I've said it before, I think 
you could go up to LeBron on the street and like blow a whistle and he would throw his hands up in the air and start <laughs> and start complaining because he could clothesline somebody going up for a layup and when the refs blow the whistle he runs over to them with a, the look of someone who just like saw a ghost like what what are you calling what i didn't do anything yeah and, and with I, his I, with his rest time and the their monitoring him and you know he maybe he doesn't even play the game i think this is the most winnable game next oh yeah week, for sure right because we have yeah. san antonio los angeles and then at golden state which is probably a win too right they oh, for sure. lose at home <laughs> <laughs> for sure. well you know they're like a 500 team in march so oh. <laughs> and i know this comes across as just completely unreasonable optimism but and bacon, bacon is forty five percent from the three point line in March. Yeah, so you add to the, you know? yeah. So I'm a little, mad. I'm a little, I was a little wrong because they've started to win more. Um, I know they had a stretch. They had a stretch from February thirteenth to March tenth, where they did not win back to back games. Oh wow. Yeah, and they were four and six in that stretch. Since then, they've been five and two, or yeah, five and two. Um, so they're playing better, but against at home against the Mavericks, who are bad, they played maybe the worst game they've ever played with that core. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. No, I didn't see that game. Did you see like the scores and stuff? No, they were down by like forty at halftime, or after the third quarter, they're down seventy-four to thirty or seventy-four to forty-two at halftime. So they're down. 30 or down 30 or 28. Sorry. My math has been horrible right now. They're down 28 at halftime and down 38 after three quarters to the Mavericks at home. Wow. Oh, this is the one where Dirk went off, right? Yeah. Or by went off. I mean, scored more than 20 points. <laughs> yeah. he scored. T- <laughs> Old Dirk going off is 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, they just got run off their own floor by the Mavericks. So they're capable of playing poorly. I wouldn't expect them to play that poorly again. But there is a possibility. I mean, we just beat the Raptors on a half court. They also, because we're while we're grasping for straws, they have the Nuggets the following game. So trap game, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And if we're <laughs> betting on Jeremy Lamb to just keep on hitting buzzer beaters, we should win out, right? He's, he's been mostly good this year other than against the 76ers. We didn't talk about that game, but... That was he could have won it or tied it, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he yeah. had a good game though. I mean, twenty six points. He had a great game. Just really. very painful watching that a floater. He had like an uncontested floater, and it just shot it an inch too far. Didn't go in, and that was after that game is when I started getting texts from my friends, just like <laughs> shut her down. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just because it's like, yeah, there's no hope. You know, let's try to get to like the eighth pick and hope the lottery odds help us out and we can get a top, somewhere up in the top three or four. Yeah, the, but I now, think now we're taking playoffs. The, yeah, I think what's going to be the telltale sign is the last week of games. Last week of ga- games mm-hmm. is Detroit, Cleveland, and Orlando. Um, I think those are going to be some really crucial games to win. And I think they're going to count towards whether or not we make the playoffs. Um, ending with that Orlando game, um, which I've already gotten tickets for, uh, Ooh, just because 
A, it may be a deciding game for our playoff run, and B, it may be, hopefully not, but it may be the last Kemba game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm hoping it'll be like, because right before that we play Toronto, and then before the Toronto game is a five-game West Coast trip, which starts on Friday with the Lakers. I'm hoping those games act like, you know, like the baseball donuts you put on the bat, you swing a real heavy bat so that when you take the donut off, it's lighter. I'm hoping that, you know, that West Coast trip and then visit from Toronto act as that donut for when we play the Pistons, Cavaliers, and Magic. Where if they bring the intensity, it's like, oh, this is this is nothing compared to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks, playing the Raptors twice and the Warriors at home, on the road and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Detroit plays this really hard. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think at this, like, after this three-win um, series, I don't think it's time to give up hope. I think it's time to rally back. We have three home games uh, for the rest of the season. Go see a Hornets game in Charlotte, please. Um, they're going to need our help. Um, Lord knows they need help, period. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they need more than just our help. But, yes, we can we can help. Yeah, and then the Heat also have a, a tough schedule. So there's – you know, there's it's not out of the realm of possibility for the Hornets to make the playoffs. So go out there and support what could be the, the last stretch of games for Kimba in a Hornets uniform and get a will the Hornets to the playoffs, right? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm about to wrap it up. you have anything else to add, Zach? Not at all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. Um, check out Jonathan's articles on atthehive.com. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.